Hi, everyone. There's an ongoing tension in our house about the difference between need and want. And it's one of those things that sometimes comes to the fore at Christmas time when we're thinking about Christmas lists. One of the questions that sometimes gets asked is whether things like socks and toothbrushes are stocking fillers or whether they're just essential items and they shouldn't really be Christmas gifts. And these conversations don't necessarily happen between parents and children. Sometimes it's between Wayne and myself. And I'll leave you to work out who's on which side of the argument. But today we are thinking about Jesus meeting people's needs. And in our um, reading from Matthew chapter 4, we're going to look at his public ministry as it kicks off and see what goes on and the needs that he meets. So the reading is from Matthew 4, 23 to 25. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and illness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases. Those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralysed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. In those three verses, we see Matthew introducing Jesus's public ministry. And when I read it, I thought there's a huge amount in there and it seems to be written in such an understated way. But I think part of that is because of the audience that he's writing to. Matthew writes his gospel to a Jewish audience, a Jewish audience who would understand the signs of the kingdom of God. They would understand that the Messiah, when he comes, will be a teacher, just as Moses was a teacher. When the Messiah comes, they will have a ministry of healing. They will come and they will draw large crowds and people will flock after them. And so actually, even though it seems really understated the way Matthew writes those things, these are the things that will ring alarm bells in Jewish minds to think, ah, this this could be him, this is what's happening. And that's what Matthew was trying to convey. So as we see in those few verses, we see a public ministry starting, a ministry of teaching and ministry of healing. And in both of those things, we see Jesus meeting needs of the people around him. If we start by looking at the teaching ministry, it says that he goes to the synagogues and he teaches. Now, the reason he goes there is that's where the Jews are. That's where they are. And he knows that their need is to be taught. They need to understand because they've been looking and wanting and waiting for a Messiah to come. And as he comes and he teaches, that's a revelation of who he is. And so he meets their needs in that. And then as we carry on looking down and we see the healing, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the kingdom and the signs of the kingdom. And we talked about restoration and reconciliation and we talked about renewal. And restoration and renewal are surely seen in the healing that he does. That's a physical restoration and a physical renewal. And so as we read through, he meets those people. They get, I guess they didn't have the NHS, they didn't have the medical interventions that we have now. So they had a real need that needed to be dealt with. Otherwise, it would compromise their income, it would compromise their lives, it would compromise everything. And so he comes and he meets those people in their needs. And I am sure that Jesus still heals today, and I'm confident in that. And that's something we see at B&A something that we have um that we've got somebody on a little church and she's involved with the bristol healing rooms and comes back to us with really exciting stories of the things that god is doing on the streets of bristol where people are being healed and people are encountering god 
But as I thought about this, I thought actually it's hard to read these verses and think about healing now and hold that intention with the fact that so often when we pray, we don't see the healing that we pray for. You may have that experience at the moment. We're in the midst of a pandemic and it's, it's difficult when we're wrestling with these truths that Jesus does heal today and the kingdom is near, but also when we don't see the kingdom coming in the places where we want to see it coming. And I had just three practical thoughts that I wanted to share with you about that. One of them is that we, and they're all related to trust. So the first one is trusting God that he has a plan. Now, my family might say I'm a bit of a control freak. Some people who know me might agree. And in one of my best verses that I have to hold on to in life is Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, which is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. And so there are times when we don't understand what's going on, but we do need to trust that Jesus has a bigger picture for us and is going to take us on to the next thing. The next point is to remember that there is also a bigger picture. I've got this puzzle piece, and on its own, it doesn't look much use. Uh, but actually, if I throw it away and then I find the rest of the puzzle, obviously it will ruin the puzzle because it's not in the place that it, it should be in. And it's a little bit like that with the role that we play when we co-labour with God. We're called to have a role in bringing the kingdom. Now, it may be that you have a role that's a bit like this puzzle piece and on its own, it feels a little bit useless. But actually, if you don't play that role in, this, in somebody's life, in praying for them, in talking to them about the kingdom, that may make the difference in completing the puzzle. So sometimes we don't see the big picture, but we need to trust God for a big picture. And finally, we've got to trust God by not giving up. Sometimes it can feel like it's really hard work to pray for something when we're not seeing any breakthrough. But actually, we're taught in the Gospels that this is exactly what we must do. We've got to keep going, keep praying, keep pressing in, keep asking God and, and asking for his leading and how to pray in certain situations. Especially when it looks bleak, because that can be the hardest time. But actually, looking for glimpses of where the kingdom is breaking through. So, and in the final verse, as we see the difference it makes, it talks about all the places that people travelled from and they flocked from all these different places, to Galilee, the Decapolis, which are the ten cities, the um, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan, and they followed him. Now, we don't know if all the people who were healed and all the people who, who heard him speak followed him and believed in him. But actually, that's the thing. Not everyone that we speak to or we point Jesus to will follow him. But actually, our job is just to do our bit that Jesus is calling us to do. And, and the message that he brought wasn't necessarily an attractive message in that it was a message of repentance and U-turn and changing lives around. But actually, we do see in those crowds following him that there was a hunger and there was an appetite for the kingdom and for what he was doing and the message that he brings. And many of us watching this will know that we have been rescued, know that we have made that U-turn, know the, the difference that Jesus has made in our lives and the needs that he has met. But actually there are lots of people out there who either don't realise they need a rescuer or don't know where to find that rescuer. And therefore we are compelled to tell other people, to share with other people the good news that we have. 
It's not that we'll be rescued because we tell people, it's that we tell people because we've been rescued. And that's where we're getting out this Christmas and we're meeting needs. We've Soul Food's been running all year, meeting needs. We've got the, the food pantry, we've got Love Christmas going on. There's so many different places where needs are being met and people are being blessed by the way that we are serving people as a church. And I'd really encourage you to, if you're not involved in any of those things, to think about how you can get involved and how you can serve and what needs you might meet. And often it's the places where we have had our needs met that we can then help other people and bless other people in those places. But there may also be people who are coming up against disappointment and are carrying disappointment with you as you go. And I'd love you to take some time as we respond to think about places where you are carrying disappointment, maybe unanswered prayer, maybe things haven't worked out. And the best thing you can do with disappointment is take it and give it to Jesus. Explain in prayer where you're at, how you're feeling. And if you can be brave enough to give that over to Jesus, he will replace that with something better for you and for your life, with a bigger picture plan, with a straight path for you to take as you move forward. As I was preparing this, I was reminded of Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 that talk about God's ways not being our ways and his thoughts not being our thoughts. And I wondered if actually that was important for someone. So if this is something that's striking a chord with you, you may, as you respond, want to look at Isaiah 55 and just read through that chapter and pray through what God is saying to you in that chapter. So let's take a bit of time to respond, to think about what God is saying to you today.